Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this special live from the Westgate Hotel episode of the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We are here live at West Coast Trials. Uh, not going to lie, it's going to be a shorter episode. We are about an hour away from needing to leave for the airport to catch our flights back, but wanted to do a big one to recap kind of the whole experience with West Coast Trials. We're probably just going to only talk about the finals right now because yeah. we are very limited for time, but we want to talk about it as always on the show. I'm your host, Maine, my co-host. Miranda. Hey, to Miranda. Pretty good. How are you? I am super stressed. We had a host of technical issues. We are under a time crunch. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone knows me knows that uh, I don't do travel well in the first place. So, so yeah, um, this added uh, this chaos. A- this added chaos and you know, the equipment here and we got the camera on a bag and it's it's a whole ordeal. Yeah, but we have a whole uh, interesting setup going on right we now. We do next to the convention center here in yeah. the Westgate Hotel. Well, yeah. So we're limited in time, so I really want to get right into it. Let's talk about the finals. Keith Krikorian finally getting it done in the under 66 kilogram division. His fourth West Coast trials in a row where he has made the finals. He finally gets the victory and takes the gold in the West Coast trials over a really, really tough, um, let me find the finals here. Uh, Cisneros. Yeah, Cisneros. And he gets the sub at 2.42. Like, really quickly, too. Yeah. And we actually had an interview. I got a chance to interview Kukorian after the match. Yeah, I was and standing there and watching. It was it was and really it was cool fun. to talk to him about, like, the changes that he made. And he really talked about in this one. The interview is up probably tomorrow okay. on the Grappling Rewind YouTube page. But it was really cool to talk to him about the changes that he had made over the past couple of years, initially going to ADCC, you know, doing the trials in 2018, getting second place, 2019 second place, 2021 at the East Coast trials, getting second place, and then going into this trials, the specific changes that he made yeah. of like, look, I went to game plan, like, I'm not looking to just hunt subs, like, went in with a concrete game plan, especially yeah. in a guy like Cisneros. Yeah. And Cisneros, I mean, he was giving it his all. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, but Kokorian got a really quick tap. Like, I didn't no. even really know that Cisneros was in a footlock until he I mean, Kokorian just kind of goes tap. back, like, locks it. Yeah. Like, beautiful technique on the heel hook. Like, he doesn't grip. He's very controlled with his entry back into it. And yeah. then you can tell that he has such good leverage on that because Cisneros doesn't really, like, aim to fight that long in the heel hook. No, not you at know, all. He locks it up, and, and he yeah. knows Kokorian's going to go, and he you know he has to tap to avoid injury. And we saw in the earlier match in that division, we saw um, in the Gianni, semifinals match. Gianni Grippo get his foot ripped off, or well, his hamstring. hamstring in a Sulawayo stretch. And apparently, I missed the first match, but Josh Schistner was in an earlier match in that division. Also oh, yeah. Also hit another I saw that stretch. one. It was beautiful. Yeah, I had to watch it like five times to figure out where a dude's leg was. It's just not. Because I was like, where did that leg go? Because it, it's almost like a splatal. But not really. It, yeah, similar, it's the same kind of ca- um, groin stretch kind right. of thing. Right. The, the sum that I did see in the semifinals that he hit on Gianni Grippo started off like he took Grippo's back and then yeah. he reached under because Grippo was trying to shock him off the top. Yeah. He reaches under and he grabs that leg and what kind of looks like a knee bar, but it's really a groin and hamstring stretch. Yeah. Uh, years ago, um, Aljamain Sterling and Zabit Magomedsharipov hit it in the same oh, okay. night in the UFC card. So it's cool to see another like twice yeah. in an event. It's a very uncommon finish, but... Uh, Keith Kokorian moves on after that, you know, impressive performance yeah. over Josh Sisnos because Josh Josh Sisnos, I didn't recognize him with the short hair here. Oh, really? Like, he cut it all off, and like that looks completely look different looking dude. Um, he had a great weekend as well. Uh, I really wish we had a little more time to kind of run through all these divisions. We watched probably what nine to ten hours a day of grappling yeah and and i admit my whole first day was kind of like i competed er, i competed early in the day and then um we had a teammate compete 
on the yeah. whole well, Rob ladder Yeah, Rob's on the yeah. Rob, Rob yeah. Rob Rewind. Yeah, Rob competed. He or, made it to coach the, as well. Yeah, he made it to the third round. And yeah. So I was kind of really following good. him around. And we were kind of helping to support so, him as well yeah. in kind of conjunction with doing interviews and talking to people, yeah. you know, everything else that we were doing here today. But yeah, the first round, we actually, that's why we, again, we usually do an on location first yeah. day. End of the first day, we were all just exhausted. exhausted. We got some food and then we all just kind of like crashed out. So yeah. we're doing a, a full event recap this time here. And so we'll move on to 77. Yeah, the 66 was great. Again, yeah. like, there were so many great matches. That entire round of 16 bracket, like to see Damian Anderson, um, like look as good as he looked in this bracket like i think it's really a forecast of things to come so much to talk about in the 66 yeah. bracket but we are limited on time let's talk about 77 in the finals match we had william tackett defeating andy varela four to two and i do have to say varela looks really good this is the best varela has looked like varela is always a guy and, well when, when varela be beat barch in the semifinals yes i was like holy hell varela can actually you know varela can do it all he like, can he do can it wrestle all and his counter i knew he had good wrestling he yeah. had good stand-up we, it's funny, we talked about a couple guys in the in the stands who we were all talking, like, and even in the earlier day, like, just how big Varela is for 77. Yeah, I think he's a he very did, big 77. He did open weight for Sug. He was in that, like, open weight tournament yeah. with, like, Bame. And, like, well, Steel and you and look at him guys. beside Tackett, and he towered over Tackett. And Tackett's not small no. for 77. Tackett's, like, pretty decently yeah. sized for 77, and Varela was, like, was, like, a bit bigger than him. He was, like, bigger than Barch, and Barch yeah. is, a, again, a bigger 77 guy. Um, I am extremely impressed with Andy Varela. Like, Andy Varela took out, he, that's who took out Majid, too. Yeah, and Majid has looked the round of phenomenal 16. Yeah. overall. So, the past I, mean, couple of, I mean, the past couple of trials, he's been, he's placed at the, um, at the first uh, South American trials where he's yeah. only taken out by Galvao, Michael Galvao. Yeah, and then... The second, he came across the Dreamart guy. Yeah. semis and lost. Yeah, but again, to take out Majid and then moving into the finals, you know, beating Barch again by, you know, a close, a close, a close victory decision, yeah. um, over Barch. I'm looking here. I think it was a decision. It was a decision after, after overtime. Yeah, after the overtime, after one overtime yeah. there. Um, and moving, moving into the finals, William Tackett was on. We saw really a lot more of his wrestling showcased in the, uh, the Chris Wojak in the semifinals match there where he took that four to zero. Yeah. But William Tackett to... In this match, Andy Varela looked to like collar tie and like, and like slow Tackett down. Yeah. Tackett, for the majority of the match, was playing off his back. And yeah. you could tell very quickly that like Tackett's a very competent wrestler, but there was something about Varela's game where he like, I want to force this guy to have to pass into my guard. I don't want to get into a firefight on the feet with this guy because he's very strong. He's very quick, much like Tackett. Like all of the attributes for the guys at 77 that do the best, like Varela has all of those. And Tackett went, I have to force him to be be into a more technical passing game where he's going to have to overcommit. I can wrestle up off of that. I can go for his legs. And that's sort of the game that he looked to implement yeah. versus Varela. You know, because Varela is also a guy that has that gas tank to keep going. And that's not really a problem for Tackett, but there were a lot. We saw Tackett and Varela throughout the entire weekend give a lot of guys problems with that like late stage. Like, um, like they're not guys that are going to go away. No. And their technique no. isn't really going to falter, isn't going to get tired. Yeah, they don't get lazy. They don't. Yeah, they don't start making like stupid. And they don't get angry. They don't. Yes. Like you don't see them turn that switch where they're like pissed off and they. And start, they start like, "Who's calling yeah. too hard? Who's yeah. overextending?" That's yeah. something that that we've seen. We saw both guys. A lot of control with both of them. Well, Varela face was that one of the matches face. when they when they slapped each other and got yelled at? No. Okay. There was like multiple matches over the weekend where they were like people were like literally like heavy collar tying and then it just were, became a they freaking were, it became slap. A chop across <laughs> the map. We, I, I don't, I don't think. I don't again, remember which matches. Disclosure: matches. We have had a hell of a weekend, and I'm very, very tired and 
again, I wish we had a little more time to recap all of this. Um, we'll I don't recap. It might have been maybe it this might week have been a Varela because I thought Varela had done that in an earlier match. It might have been in the Barch match. Oh, okay. But I, I could I could be getting that wrong um, as well. But damn, William Tackett yeah. finally takes it. Um, four to two victory over Varela. I think he hits a a sweep. Yeah. Doesn't he? He gets, I believe he gets so. Varela to his back, and then he might have hit a pass as well. Again, this is all a little bit. I don't know if that numbers counts because it was four to two. Track. Yeah, it's four to two, so okay. it had to been because that passes three, correct? It's been a very long weekend, yeah. Miranda. It's I've been a long weekend, so we're just going to go. Times. Okay, so we're just going to go. Impressed with Hackett. Again, yeah. he had a great showing at East Coast Trials. He carried that through to West Coast Trials. And, again, he, he made some changes in his game, I think, with his game planning and, like, his conditioning. And just we continue to see improvements from Tackett. And it's awesome to see, again, another guy who has had, you know, been so close to the finals at Trials, like, be able to go to the West Coast Trials, which was, again, this is the biggest Trials that's ever Taking it was place. very large. It was a thousand fifty. I think was the long the yeah a thousand fifty was the yeah, final number. The final and number. Like the, the biggest trials ever to have him be able to go through in the in the biggest division ever. This was the biggest division that's ever happened at trials. It was two fifty, I think two fifty four or something yeah. like that. Two fifty five of two fifty six possible. Um, just really amazing. Uh, Trying to mess with my mic here because I think the audio is coming through. Um, really amazing performance for him to get that done. And we'll move on to men's negative 99. 88. Or, negative 88. Oh, I I jumped ahead. You did. Uh, Jacob Rodriguez versus Hunter Colvin. I also got an interview with Rodriguez after this. Um, promoted to purple on the podium by, was it his brother? Yeah. By his brother, which is, I think it's funny that Nicky Brown's also a purple belt. Quote, big, big ass quotes there. Um, gave him his belt. Uh, Rodriguez, go back and watch this match. First yeah. of all, all you should you should go back. If you listen to the show, you should absolutely go back and listen or watch all of the finals matches because they were, inc- it was an incredible oh. evening and culmination of a tournament. This is one in particular you should just put on and watch because the the story that it tells throughout the match is phenomenal. You can watch Jake Rodriguez have to come from behind. Hunter Colvin's a guy we've been covering for for and for just, duration of the I show. Mean, he spammed everything you could ever possibly imagine. Got mm-hmm. under the legs. It was like Colvin's dangerous everywhere, was, and that's it was guard to a different kind of guard to a different kind of guard. I go to this guard, and, and it was he kept him on. It was almost like he kept him on the defensive for, for yeah, quite and a while. And he starts scoring. Towards the end of yeah. the match, we have Colvin up, and we he takes Rodriguez down. Rodriguez is unable to get his hips off the mat and shoulders off the mat. Colvin locks him down. And you see Jacob Rodriguez. And he had thrown it up a couple of times throughout the day. Um, and, he, and even in this match versus Hunter Colvin, you see him like go, I want this. And he locks the buggy choke up. And he had locked it up earlier, and he had done something interesting. He had hooked under Colvin's leg there, or yeah. not like fully gone to like the traditional yeah. buggy choke where you're just attached to their chest. Well, because of, the leg. because of the issue earlier yeah. in day we'll one. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We had day one, we had someone in a buggy choke, and they they got slammed and knocked out yeah. from it. And there, no, there wasn't a neck injury. There, yeah. There's an injury, but the guy is recovering fine. Yeah. We've looked it up. From and, we you know. know. But the buggy choke was on display this weekend and that was like, that really made everyone think like, ooh, I gotta be really careful with slams in the buggy choke because yeah. again, the Rotolos have it was like really r- popular. And it was right that. before Rob was about to compete and they were bringing the stretcher in through yes. Rob's mat and I was like, Matt, I was like, Rob, if you're in the middle of a match and that thing comes through, you're just gonna have to take it. Like, yeah. you're just gonna have to go through it. <laughs> so, so I was like, that's a mess. To see in the finals, Jacob yeah. Rodriguez lock that buggy choke up and then he like, 
Hunter Colvin kind of goes to lift a little bit, but he's he's unable to fully yeah. lift. And there was some nice gamesmanship there. You saw Jacob Rodriguez, the first well, buddy there one time, up. The first one, he picked him all the way up. He picked him all the way up, but yeah. he still had that kind of a hook there. And yeah. like, you saw him be very cautious about how tightly he locked that up in the first one yeah. to not get basically like, look, if he starts to lift me and slam, I'm going to let go. Well, if he lets go and then you slam him, then it's, it's illegal, illegal anyway. But he also, I think there was, he was also kind of riding that gray area for the initial setup of the buggy choke because he didn't commit to it super hard yeah. where it's kind of that gray area of like, well, I don't know if this guy is going to be allowed to lift and slam me here because of how tight the buggy choke is. And Gordon, even at the, at the rules meeting, brought up um, like the legality of the buggy choke as far as like how tight they have to be. And like it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of a recurring yeah. theme um, this overall. Was, this was also a division with a, a Mike Crisp that was a newcomer, at oh, least yeah. t- in my mind. Um, and I actually met him this morning at Starbucks. Nice. Getting coffee. Yeah, he's a guy that we ne- um, never come across. Yeah, part of why he's I from love Canada. Trials. He's from Vancouver. It's part of why yeah. I love trials, though, because you come across guys that, like, he is a guy and that's his, on the level. And his Absolutely. match against uh, David Garmo, and he basically breaks. I think he broke. broke I don't Garmo. know. I, I didn't get a chance to talk to He did to David, something to Garmo's But, leg. like, you can see the, like, the leg, like, flex like it's broken. Um, and Garmo was, is very unhappy with it. And he commented, uh, he commented the foot symbol and then an under construction symbol, oh, okay. uh, in the Instagram post of that with between Flo and Mike Crisp. Um, but dude, Crisp, I, I'd never seen before and to have him come and perform as well, like throughout the entire weekend, he's got a bunch of big, colorful tattoos and he, he competes shirtless. Yeah. So he's like, you see him on the mat and you're like, and he has shorty who, shorts on, so who's that guy? Yeah. And he just performed amazingly yeah. this entire I'm very curious to see what opportunities he's going to get after this because he's a guy that I want to see compete in rule sets like this in ADCC. And he does any any he, he did a very good job um and he puts on a good show, which is always yeah. a good thing. He's, he's a good he's showman. aggressive, he's active yeah. the entire the match. So let's go back to the the finals match, the buggy choke that gets locked up. Yeah. Um you see Rodriguez in the final buggy choke go, I really really want yeah he got and he pulls with everything and he when has. you interviewed him he actually said that that wasn't no that wasn't like, his game that plan. wasn't the game plan he was, was like there. it was just there <laughs> but it was like he had he was down on points he was losing colvin gets that last take that he secures it and you see rodriguez like go for it and he yeah. locks it up and there's 35 seconds i think left in the match yeah. or something like that it's something it's right at the it's very getting end towards, yeah. like, they, it's like this will be the last exchange that happens in this match either jacob rodriguez can finish him or Hunter Colvin will be the trials champion and Jacob Rodriguez is able to finish him in, you know, on a, a crazy choke, the buggy choke, and win the trials under 88. He gets a slot with his brother into the ADCC World Championships, the second Rodriguez in a row to win West Coast trials as a blue belt. As a blue belt. They have a very strong wrestling background, yeah. so it's not... They're not like. I mean, I think Rob was same. talking. We were talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez's wrestling is, is even better on paper than... No, sorry, Rodriguez. Jay Rodriguez is wrestling yeah. is even better than his brothers, like from a um, an accolade standpoint yeah. at the level he competed at. So again, I can't wait to see more from Jacob Rodriguez with the improvements we saw him make from East Coast trials into West Coast trials. I am very and he's a B team with his brother, like moving down there with Craig Jones, and Nicky Ryan, Nick Rodriguez, yeah. like and Damian Anderson, all the guys in that room. And he would even compliment those guys in the interview. The interview will be up probably tomorrow again when this podcast comes out on the Grappling Rewind YouTube page if you want to find it. Um, really cool interview with him talking about the changes he's made and the guys in the room. So I can't wait to see more from um, Jacob Rodriguez. Yep. Anything else on that division? Nope. We'll move into uh, men's under 99. Moving into men's under 99. 
We have a final, like kind of a quicker final. It we was a very quick Paul final. Paul Ardilla defeating Mario Gonzalez via inside heel hook. Yeah. Ardilla's a full-time lawyer in Atlanta. Really? Yes. Per, based on the Instagram story that I read this morning yeah. of like, dude, dude, that's awesome. He's a full, like a, that's what a, kind that's, of attorney do you know? Miranda, that is, I didn't expect a follow up question. I know. That well, is as far I, as I got I work today. in law. Just you do work in law. Behind yeah. the curtain, I work in law. So I, I work in I law like, too, actually. That's a weird, not yeah. like in kind of the same capacity, you do, but very similar. Yeah, you do thing. regulation. I, I do other stuff. You do, yeah. I do regulatory work. Um, I do not. And it's just, yeah, so perhaps that, but again, so. Paulo Ardilla, this was, I forget, how long was this match? It was 43 seconds long. Yeah, I was just a blur yeah. kind of in the weekend of like matches. It was like Ardilla or Gonzalez got down and Ardilla just kind of sat with the leg. He was like, hey man. He was like, hey, I'm taking been, this foot. It's been, a long, it's been a long weekend. Yeah. We're going to get out of here quick. And um, yeah, again, I don't really have a to- whole lot to, to talk about that. Um, maybe well, in his it, earlier it was, match, it, start, yeah, maybe we was, can talk about... Um, Ardilla's versus match versus Elder Cruz, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like, he just went... It's a sub after 219, it Yeah, says. very quickly for Elder Cruz. And Elder Cruz was just a monster throughout, you know, the tournament, yeah. both at East Coast Trials and West Coast Trials. Um, and Marcelo Gu- Mario Gonzalez had a really close semifinals match with Devontae Johnson. Yeah. Um, and that was one that you could sort of... Go like, either direction. You could go either way. I think definitely to give the nod to Mari was the yeah. correct decision there. He was so more imposing. He was more active. You know, Devontae... He was actually... He was... He was shooting. He was taking a substantial step towards a takedown. Yeah, that makes and sense. he was working the snap downs on Devontae. Like I use my legal language. That's how you do conspiracies. He was. <laughs> so again, he took the substantial step that led him towards the takedown. He did. He took the substantial step. Yeah. So again, <laughs> I think reasonably gets the decision on that one. Um, Devontae Johnson didn't actually show up for. Or not conspiracies attempts. I'm sorry. Yeah, Devontae Johnson didn't show up for the third match versus Elder Cruz. I think there was a couple of them people that actually forfeited out of the third place match. Some guys were just not. Oh really? Yeah, I think Devontae didn't show back that up. Was, that was that was my food time um, and my nap time. Oh, the third place match was Mike Crisp versus David Garmo in the yeah. men's under eighty eight kilogram division, and, and that was the, yeah. that was the really really like tight straight ankle off. lock. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, Damian Anderson didn't compete. Oh, sorry, Damian Anderson competed in the third place match, but he he did not face Grippo because Grippo was injured yeah. because of the semifinal match versus Cisneros. They, maybe that's what it was. But I think there was two or three of them. I thought there were three of them. Um, maybe plus 99. Yeah, and, and, then plus, and, then, yeah and plus 99 division as well. Um, the third place match, Raymond uh, Grandy took it over Damon Ramos, who just didn't, who forfeited as well. Oh, okay. So that is in under 99 kilogram division. Now Let's talk about the over... Well, uh, which was really fun because I was considered over 60. You were. So when they set us for um, weighing in, they put the ultra heavies with the women's over 60. And we were in the same line. Oh, that's So funny. that was my first experience in a heavyweight line. I didn't actually go. In. I didn't go to the weigh-ins that morning yeah. because um, we had got in. Oh, I haven't even talked about the flight delays we had. So we had, Rachel and I had a very, very tough travel situation well, I, getting here. I didn't have any really any better oh, I yeah. was you, a little like I canceled yeah. it. let's talk about that in the outro let's talk about yeah. the travel thing <laughs> in the outro again this is a super disjointed show like 20 minutes in already yeah finals we have Kyle Bame defeating Daniel uh, can you give me his last name Manasau Manasau via penalty yeah um, Bame went over I mean Bame's first semifinals match was crazy it was a really quick heel hook finish over Raymond Grandy you know, outside heel. Because really, if you've, seconds. if you've seen Bame's previous, like, really quick sub-matches, that's what he does. Pulls down, immediately the heel hook, and then you see Bame's just 
insane power. And real quick, if you do go and watch the finals, they set it more up like uh, Fight to Win. And they had yeah. the big mat and they had the lights and they had music and everything. Yeah. Which um, to some people did say it, it confused them a little bit to come out to that because they weren't really expecting that. Yeah, the level of kind of promenade yeah. of that. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it as a fan, like at the event. I really enjoyed like the additional production because it made you feel like it gave weight to what you're watching. Yeah, we saw exactly. for both semifinals matches, they ran the, then they, they have a break and they I ran a, the third place yeah, matches. I was a level of exhausted at that point. I just yeah. wanted, I just wanted to go to bed. So yeah, it was but, a um, rough couple of days. But it was days. nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kyle Bain finishes a really quick heel hook. And then in the other semifinals match, Daniel also finishes a really quick heel hook on Damon Ramos. 55 seconds. Yeah. So again, we went through, it, that was, that was, also, that was the first, uh, semifinals to go. Yeah. And so we were all like, okay, run, run. We have like 30 something the, matches. The man guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really seen much of him at all. No. He looks like a kind of a mini Gordon Ryan. Yeah, a little bit. Their facial expression, like their f- everything. Mm-hmm. He's just a smaller version of him. Oh, isn't Daniel? Daniel Mansuri is a he. Uh, he's, a, he's a new wave guy. Yeah, and, and he is Gordon six was seven. Coaching. Gordon yeah. was coaching. Gordon was coaching. I want to talk about this match because I'm kind of curious as to what happened. This match. So what happened? It was a very very even match where really no one could get, no one could score, no one could get anything going. Bame couldn't really get you know deep under the heel hooks. Uh, Daniel really couldn't either. They couldn't eat, pass each other. Um, in the last 30 seconds, Daniel, like, Kyle kind of pushes, and Daniel kind of sits. And which I think this was, I just, I which think this, this is was one a tactical error. Yeah, this is one of these things, because we watched it a couple other times in finals matches where people kind of sat, like, it was kind of like they tripped over their own feet and sat but it was more like they wanted to sit to begin with and mm-hmm. they wanted a reason to be able to do it so they almost give them the like the right. little but I, we saw it we saw it maybe in the what I mean, it was William Tackett match in the yeah. finals uh, in so ADCC if you pull guard in the finals at any point in time and you have three seconds to get it up it is a negative point yes. but you have three seconds so Tackett we saw at one point pulled and they went oh no and they had to wrestle up in like two seconds yeah in the last, it looks like in the too. last 30 seconds is when he pulled yeah and it was a it was a it was a it was a pull. It was a pull. There and was so no, in there was ADCC, no action. if there's an even score yeah. and you pull, um, you give up a negative point to your Yeah, opponent. I think it was just a tactical error. Truth and too. so he were even. They were even going into the or overtime, he essentially. Thought, or he thought he was able to do something in the last it. 30 seconds yeah. but he, I, th- I think it was i th- personally think it was a tactical error that in yeah. the moment he got pushed by a big dude and he went okay i'm gonna go down here because i don't want to wrestle him right now yeah. and he then, didn't really get pushed he kind of just sat yeah i mean he really did and so when he sits he gives a negative point and yeah. then after the match it seemed like because i think gordon immediately started yelling at him too yeah but they they were tired they were the end i think not the overtime they were end of regulation it was he lost in regular yeah yeah i think it was they yeah. were eight minutes. Lost, in, they were seven eight, minutes and like yeah. thirty seconds. Thirty and he seconds, pulls. and then he pulls, and it was like a, yeah, it was just a, an error on his part. Yeah, and so he gives, he gives Bame mean, the sorry, he gives himself the negative point. Yeah, and then when overtime, when regulation ends, because there is a negative point on the board, and Bame is up on points. And in the last thirty seconds, you have tendency to make a lot of quick decisions. Yeah, especially when zero zero, like I, I kind of have always kind of cranked myself up at that point right which then can also get you stuck yeah can just get you caught because you start you know yeah guys, having fall, to back move to, at guys fall back to a game that yeah. they think will work or make keep them safe or like keep additional points from being scored and because because adcc is such a unique rule set you 
you don't tend to think in the high stress moments of a final after two days of competing to like, okay, I need to keep this guy from scoring. Let me sit because my guard is very good and prevent him from passing. But when he sits, he gives it up. And it was just, it was, I think it was an error and it is just almost the only error that we saw like this in the finals. You know, most of the guys that, that were making those Cerveras had made it during day one or beginning of day two. Um, I'm kind of surprised, and I think that was something that we will see Daniel improve with his game planning and come back. But it is cool to see Kyle Bame in the plus 99 kilogram division. We yeah. might see now the rematch with Gordon Ryan um, from this. Again, they fought yeah. a couple of years ago, kind of when Gordon didn't have stomach issues for a week, and it was very dominant. I'm curious to see what changes Bame has made into his game, and then if he is seated against Ryan again. ADCC doesn't tend to do rematches, so yeah. they may meet. If they do meet, they will meet late into the bracket. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious. I'm guessing that Bame will be on the side of Penna, because uh, Penna will also be located on that side of the bracket. They probably okay. won't bracket Gordon and Penna um, on the same side, given that they have also faced each other, because ADCC tends to save rematches for semifinals or finals okay. if they can avoid it, if they can basically with how they can bracket it. Yeah. So, interesting match. Um, Bame wins that via penalty point, you know, in the last 30 seconds. Anything else on that division? Nope. And we are moving into uh, female under 60. Women's under 60 kilogram division. Brand St. Marie. And she wins over yeah, Jasmine Rocha. Yeah, I thought that I And it, it is, she won both East Coast and West Coast. Right. The only woman. Was this, so Seth mentioned on the mic. Yeah, it's the only woman to ever won both. Was this the biggest division or was the was the the under 60 kilogram division was the biggest women's division that trials has ever had uh, wouldn't surprise me and i think most of the divisions were the yeah. biggest that any that has ever had again a thousand plus yeah. i think 1050 was the final number that i saw for this um and that's that's crazy that's you know most divisions for trials historically have never been yeah half it, of that it was i mean it was a 128 bracket yeah. But there was a lot of buys. So in the first round, there were a lot of buys. Or I'd say so probably 80, maybe. Yeah, I that. don't have a final number. I should, yeah. but again, I don't have a final number here. Um, Brand St. Marie looked phenomenal. She yes. looked phenomenal at East Coast Trials. She's looked phenomenal at West Coast Trials. And she controlled um, Jasmine for, for like the entirety of the match. At, some po- at one point, she had, uh, she had like a, a guillotine, like yeah. a mounted very, guillotine. Very, very. That I was like, dude. She's just going to go out. Like, we're well, just going to watch on, her go out. I was on point. the side of the mat where I could see Jasmine Rocha's face. Yeah. And I looked at, again, I, I really like guillotines. That is kind of my bread and butter for my technique and kind of my technical, um, my game. And I know just by looking at it, like, how close and how deep that is. And Jasmine yeah. made a face that 99% of grapplers make when they're about to tap. Yeah. And she made that face. And, I, and, I, and you saw her just go, like, eyes closed, decide, like, no, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna tackle this. Like this is atrocious and yeah. terrible, but I'm gonna like fight to the end. And that's I'm gonna again, let my neck get ripped off. A lot of like, yeah, because I'm, I'm young and I can deal with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, how old is Jasmine? Is she? I think she's, she's 17 under, or I think 19. she's under 18. Okay. Yeah. Neither way. I know. I know Achilles is 16. Warner is two years younger like than her. She's like 16 or 17. I think she's young. Okay. Regardless, she like she is in that guillotine deep, and she just goes, "No, I'm not gonna tap," and then gets, and then you know is able to fight the hands. And get out. Brand St. Marie was in mount for four or five minutes of this match, working the head and arm triangle, working, oh, sorry, the, yeah, the head and arm triangle. She slides off to the side at one point, keeps her positioning. She prevents Rocha from getting her legs inside. Just beautiful display of control and with enough movement on top to prevent from getting the negatives. You know, she just, she, 
is never just static there holding position and waiting for, you know, to get the call. She's actively working for the head position, actively working on top to, you know, get for the, get the head and arm or get the mounted guillotine or just work for the triangle. She was constantly active, but very, very positionally aware. And you could tell that she didn't want to, when she was in dominant position on Rosha after the pass, she didn't want to move. And just phenomenal work being able to railroad something and, of yeah. that level into your game and keep them there. Because, again, both these women went through, you know, absolutely a crazy bracket. Brand St. Marie, uh, Armbar's halfway, Rafael Canuto in the quarterfinals. Um, and then Jasmine Rocha defeats Alex Enriquez via decision. Yeah. Um, that's right, it's quarterfinals. Uh, semifinals, we have Brian St. Marie defeating Natalie Habero via decision. We have Jasmine Hosha defeating Amy Bruce via decision yeah. in a very, very close match as well. Um, overall, just an outstanding technical display from the women. And I'm super happy to see an East Coast Trials winner for women also winning West Coast Trials. Because yes. if you don't know, ADCC, the women's divisions are more... Are are more in line with the registrations they get for trials for women, so the divisions are half-sized. Yeah. So they are only eight, so only the second trials of a region, and this is the second trials for North America, has a woman um, qualifier. Yeah. You can still win it in the first qualifier, but it, 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 it functionally doesn't do anything. Yeah. It, if Tondalas was nice enough to provide travel and transport and pay that for the we- female winners for the East Coast trials, but you, you are the champion for that year for the, for the territory, but there's no qualifier. So for someone to win both, I just like to see that because it, it means that the first one kind of wasn't for nothing and she gets the invite deservedly to the ADCC World Championships. But beautiful technique. And like to yeah. keep Rosha, who has such a good scramble game and a good wrestling game, just flattened to the mat as long as she did. We didn't see anyone else in the entire tournament that was even able to get close to that for Jasmine. No, not really. You know, and Jasmine's so tough to be able to fight off all the... Um, the head crush and the the position. So, like, I was very, very impressed with both women here in the finals. It was an awesome finals. Um, anything else on the under 60 kilogram division? No, not at all. We can move on Moving to... Moving into the plus 60 kilogram division, we have Amy Campo defeating Paige Ivette via knee bar. I got a chance to interview Amy Campo. Again, the interview should be up yeah. in a couple of days on the Grappling Around YouTube page. Um, great interview, fun to talk to her. It was cool. Again, I, I've, we've not had a chance to cover Campo a ton in the past, so it was awesome to get a chance to watch her compete, watch her win, and then actually get a chance yeah. to talk to her Campo, about her match. Campo um, subbed Granati, or Grandotti? Grandotti? Yeah, Grandotti. Maggie. Um, with an Americana in with the a, Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a tight one. Definitely was one she was, Grandotti was holding the arm. Oh, it's funny. So actually, I missed, the, I missed that match. I saw... Her walking around with her arm all splinted then, but I also up. I saw I saw the part of the match. I did not see the finish. And I yeah. remember seeing Grindati fighting the Americana yeah. out for like probably 45 seconds yeah. at least. And then something happened in front of me for the match. Because I was, I was in front of Matt 3, I think, yeah. at that time. That happened in front of me. So I started watching that match. And I looked over and I, I saw the result. Well, yeah. And there was a lot going on. So It was, a, again, very, very busy week. And there will be a lot of matches I need to go and rewatch. But basically off of a takedown. Um, Amy Campo ends in essentially the step over knee bar position and Paige does a really great job of kind of looping over the head to hold her in to prevent her from being able to fall back for that knee bar kind of at the 45 degree angle and in talking to Amy I was trying to figure out like um, Paige quick kind of quickly lets go of the head position to stop and Amy's able to get the knee bar and I was trying to figure out why and 
in the interview I talked yeah. to, and, and Campbell talked about, oh yeah, I had essentially a mirror lock yeah. underneath on the low side arm that was under our bodies. Yeah. And she was cranking up on that mirror lock, which is why Campo had to let go of yeah. the head to free the arm to defend the mirror lock, yeah. allowing Campo to get the knee bar. And like, I don't know if that was on the, if you could see that on the cameras, but we were, I was cross side to the mat. Yeah. So I missed that completely. And again, I, what, how far was this into the, into the division, into the, just the three, three minutes. Yeah. So again, just, it was three minutes exactly. Yes. That's what it says. Oh, so it was just or three Oh six. I'm sorry. So just into the points period after that takedown happened. And, um, again, super impressive finish. Like we had to get a, a, a knee bar win or a, a really any submission win in the finals. Yeah. It's always super impressive. It kind of speaks to the ADCC rule set where because there's so, so much of an emphasis on continuing to advance your position and continuing to be active, like the turtle is such a big feature, people tend to be more aggressive. And so it's, they tend to lock up submissions as they are falling because th- that is something that ADCC rewards you for yeah. is to continue to have something at all times because it stops your points or it stops your opponents from being able to basically get their points. And so... Um, I don't have a ton more on this match overall. No. It was really just a very, very good knee bar. And Elizabeth um, Clay was in the. She went against Campo. Campo bit, beat Clay by um, thir- score and thirteen to zero. Yeah, like and Campo just racked up points in the semifinals yeah. on Clay, and um, again more just like flander out and just kept her. Kept Clay Controlled. from yeah, cl- kept, and kept unable Clay from to really to do anything. yeah, unable to really latch anything on yeah. Um, and I think part of the reason why it got up to 13 was I think towards the end, Clay just kind of was trying to get positioning rather than yeah. really, it was more like, I'm going to sub you. I need to sub you. Yeah. Now but it, it, that's possible. You know? What I like about ADCC is the scores are typically very, very low. Like yeah. it is extremely rare. There are a couple that were like 10 zero, but like most of the time these matches are won by one to three yeah. points maybe. And like f- scoring five or six points in ADCC yeah. is, is pretty rare. So to have Campo, be able to score 13-0 because she maintained that positional dominance throughout the match was really great to see. But I think, again, a lot of that, like exactly like you said, comes from Clay going, I have to get on your yeah. legs. I have to go for this submission. Yeah, so and, I just got to go. And it's awesome that Campbell could both defend that and then continue to maintain her positional dominance so well um, because I think that style of play will will shine at the World Championships when you have the rest of the t- top women in the yeah. world at plus 60. Like, you have to be super positionally minded. Again, look at Gabby Garcia, the most dominant champion in ADCC history. She does that by positional dominance and, you know, scoring those points, getting those decisions and, you know, keeping you from being able to put up your offense. And I think that Clay, with the game that she plays, you know, sorry, not Clay, um, Campbell, with the game that she played, especially in the clay match, shows us that, yeah, you can continue to shut down that offense while maintaining your position and scoring points, and that wins you championships in ADCC. In the Krikorian interview, Keith talks about that as well. Yeah. You know, he goes, yeah, I have to be more positionally minded. I have to yeah. look to kind of grind guys and score. Yeah, he was talking about being less um, submission-oriented and yeah. more control-oriented. Yeah, and like, and that was a big kind of change that he made, even from the East Coast trials moving into the West Coast trials. It's like, yeah, like guys are really, really good yeah you I can't sub everyone I can't I cannot rely on my ability to submit everyone because like that's just not gonna happen all the time which is true and so you know I think the additional emphasis and focus on control will uh, has then allowed him with that kind of being a secondary thing to focus on 
the control then get the submissions when they're when they are available to him and not the other way around where it's like I go for the sub and then take the positions as available I get my points and then take what I'm able to offer that so so at this point we're done with the divisions and I have to make an airplane trip very very soon so so awesome again awesome weekend of matches um hopefully we do not have the same five-hour delay that we had yeah. um on the way over here we sat on the plane for two extra two and a half extra hours yeah. and in the terminal for two hours we got here at i think four thirty in the morning we were supposed to get here at i think midnight or something like that yeah so that made for our first day to be pretty tough and then you guys and rob was cutting weight and it was uh you had your flight got canceled a whole day yeah my flight got canceled i had to reschedule the day before so i wanted to come in thursday instead of friday yeah and then it was just kind of um from there but i have a 6 p.m flight today yeah so, so we, yeah, i need to leave. start moving you're going right now so yeah that does it for us um again we'll probably talk more in depth on the next episode about this but we wanted to get it out today and i uh, get a chance to talk about the experience because it's uh it was a, such a cool event if you ever are thinking about coming out to a trials or to the world championships do it if you like jujitsu you listen to the show i think you will not you will not regret it as always in the show i'm your host main to the coast miranda we have the grappling around see on the mat whatever that is stay safe if you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.